Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How's it going, brother? Good, Jeremy. What's up? Oh, not too much, man. Not too much. Just uh, average life, I would call it. Nothing exciting, nothing uh, just normal, you know? Yeah, the way it should be. Yeah. How about for you? About the same. Right on. Right on. No snakes, no apocalypse. You got the old coyote. Did you shoot that coyote? I had a coyote, though. Yeah, did you shoot him? No, he was gone by the time I went out. Uh He was hunting something. And when I saw him, he was stopped in the backyard right near the corner of the house. And uh, he was, you know, his shoulders were hunkered down and looking in the bushes hmm. across the way. And uh, I got my twenty-two and was going out front to sneak around the corner of the house and uh, aerate his brain. <laughs> And uh, he was gone. Hmm. Completely, utterly gone. Just like that, hey? Crazy. Oh, man. Wasn't nearly as big as the one we saw before, but hmm. running through the yard. You know, I was telling this story this past, so the reason we couldn't record, well, we didn't record this past week because we were at our church family camp. And I was, I forget, we were sitting around the campfire one night talking about like wildlife in the city. And a few weeks ago, Steph and I went to pick up this table and I saw something like out of the corner of my eye and I looked over and I just missed it. And what I thought it was, I thought there's no way on earth. I'm like, man, I must be like having a weird, this isn't real. That's not happening. And then we picked up this table. It's like a coffee table for a living room. We're leaving and I saw it again and it was the tallest coyote I've ever seen, like it, it probably stood like two and a half feet off the ground is what it looked like, like really tall. And I've seen lots of coyotes. I've shot lots of coyotes. This thing was huge and the mangiest coyote I've ever seen. And its tail didn't have any fur on it. It literally looked like a little stick and it was just running through the city. And this was like close to downtown Calgary. And it was it was just like kind of on a on a stride, you know, not like running, running, but not walking. Oh man, it was the most disgusting coyote I've ever seen in my life. It I don't know if it had rabies or what, but it it just looked gross. Like as soon as you saw it, you'd be like, "Oh my word!" It almost makes you like gag a little bit. It looks so gross. But yeah, should have. Uh, well, that's the time when it'd be nice to have a gun. You could put it out of its misery, but of course you can't yeah. do that in the city. <laughs> His nerves were all frayed. He had just narrowly escaped an angry chef in Koreatown. That's right. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, that's one group of people offended. I can check that off. Yep, you got your checklist? (laughs) Oh, guess what I have to do today? I have to go buy a suit. Because... I have a question. So when you guys meet in your lodge, do you guys wear suits? 
No, the only people that have to are the uh, uh, district hmm. folks. Gotcha. So most of our lodges, we do wear suit every time. Right now, because of the because of the heat, we they, they go casual in the summertime, so you don't have to, which is really nice, and it also makes it nice so I can ride my motorbike. But um, there's a new lodge being consecrated this Saturday called the Pearl of the Orient. And they kind of started out of a, a whole bunch of folks, like all the Calgary lodges are pretty expensive per year. And they were, their goal is to try to find a lodge that could be less expensive. And so right now they just rent, there's a place right near us here called Camp Chestermere. It's probably like 10 minutes from my house. And they just rent that out so they don't have their own actual hall that they use or anything like that in order to keep costs down. But they're being consecrated and they announced it because we had a meeting this past Monday and they announced and they said it's pretty interesting service or ceremony to watch because basically the, they'll open their lodge and their Yorkite lodge. So they open it in the third degree and do some stuff. And then the Grand Lodge of Alberta and the officers will come in and they get grand honors when they come in and then they take over the lodge and they'll reopen it in this ritual, I guess. So I don't know. They say it's a very fascinating thing. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to go check that out. So, so I put my name on the RSVP list and then, um, there, I looked at the dress code and if you're a member of that lodge currently, so right now they're under dispensation and they had basically a year that they could operate under dispensation and then once the Grand Lodge reviews how they've done everything and say, yes, you're doing everything properly and blah, 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 then they can actually become a legit lodge. And so that's what will be happening. But the members of that lodge have to wear tuxedos. The Grand Lodge and its officers have to wear tuxedos. And any visiting member has to wear a, a black business suit. And so I don't have one. When I when I bought my suit, I bought it for Lodge. They're like, oh, you're going to need to wear a suit to Lodge meeting. And I went out and got a gray suit, <laughs> which they'd have told me everyone wears black, just buy a black suit, but I didn't, but I need one for tomorrow. I do not like suit shopping. I don't like suits anymore. Yeah. Well, I've never liked them, liked them, but now that I don't have to wear them all the time, I just, I kept one or two because right after I retired, I had to go to a wedding so I kept one, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why we kept the other one. Hmm. And uh, one, the one I kept is just uh, like Swiss Army knife gray kind of mm-hmm. suit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Go to anything in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I had somebody, you know, not officially, but, oh, yeah, you know, you got a suit. Nope, don't believe in them. Hmm. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know that uh, neckties are direct lineage of Roman slave collars. It goes straight back. It's been proven by uh, societal anthropologists. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, nope, not doing it. And uh, and it it made a flip. The because uh, the only thing that you really had up here was like the bow, where you. Because before button, you know, mass-produced buttons, um, you had to hold your shirt closed somehow. So mm-hmm. there was a tie up there. And then uh, the wealthier Romans uh, had very ornate 
uh, slave collars for their slaves to show how important they were, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, down through the ages, so it went until the Victorian era when the all these foo foo boys and powder puff boys uh, flipped the table and they started wearing these big um, puffy ties, mm. puffy boys and puffy ties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's an era I don't understand. And then uh, here's where it gets a little shaky, but I can see it. You know, instead of having the problems we have today, which were well um, uh, in the realm of possibility of having then in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s, up through the uh, 40s and into the 50s, instead of having all this individualism that causes um, me against you isms, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if everybody had to wear a blue or gray suit to work with a black tie, everybody's just everybody, Mm -hmm. right? We're not trying to squash individualism, but we're trying not to make it in your face. Mm -hmm. That's a theory about why it was what it was and business suits became what they were. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I kind of believe it because, you know, we started, we went away from that, got more casual and now everybody can just wear whatever they want and look at where we're at. Mm -hmm. You know, is there a connection? I think maybe small Mm -hmm. percentage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, because I certainly, um, my blood pressure goes up when I go in the Walmart and see how <laughs> the disgusting um, people are dressed. I mean, good God. Have you seen that uh, video called These Are the People of Walmart? I've seen probably a dozen different kinds. But yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing beats where I used to live in southern Maryland, just south of D.C., and you walk out, you, you, I'm driving from my neighborhood Anywhere, right? But you go past the grocery store, food line, and there's a neighborhood right across the street, Four Lane Street. And you see what walks across that road. <laughs> what was? Into Food Lion. It mm. looks like a bunch of fat, blubbery water buffaloes going to the <laughs> watering hole um, wrapped in about one little inch wide strip of spandex mm. when you're 400 freaking pounds, you know, grow a little self-respect. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. not, that's not individualism. That's not, you know, being proud of being a fat person. <laughs> no, that's l- pure lack of self-respect. Mm-hmm. That's just gross. Ay, ay, ay. You know, um, a, a relatively famous uh, large woman once said uh, way back in the day, um, they asked her why she always wore what she wore. Um, and she's like, look, there's nothing wrong with being skinny. There's nothing wrong with being fat as long as it's, um, you know, a personal choice or a health issue. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Cause it's not healthy being, you know, morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. But, if you're this big and you get out of the shower, the last thing you want to do is see you in the mirror. 
So if I don't want to see this in the mirror, what makes me think people outside in the public want to see it? Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to be, uh, you know, I don't want to bring undue attention to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because there is a such thing as um, getting up in somebody's grill, daring them to pick on you. Mm-hmm. You know. That's true. I, I, and I'm not advocating anything i'm just saying mm-hmm. trying to explain what is you know because yeah cause, you know being anorexic is not healthy being morbidly obese is not healthy mm-hmm. and we as human beings owe a responsibility to ourselves our family our friends and our society to be as healthy as possible as to not be a burden mm-hmm. that's exactly it <sighs> mm. Well, you know, it's interesting, like if, you know, it's okay to tell somebody, hey, you know what, smoking is bad for you. Like you shouldn't smoke because it's bad for you. It It's going to put you in the hospital. But if you tell somebody, hey, listen, you're really fat, that's bad for you. Somehow that is a personal attack, whereas just saying, hey, you shouldn't, you should qu- try to quit smoking. Right? Like you've got a, a friend or whatever, and it's like, dude, why don't you try quitting smoking? you know what it's out of love and it's like okay whatever yeah i know i shouldn't smoke it's not the greatest for me but if you tell somebody hey why why don't you try and lose some weight like like you're obese then all of a sudden it's a personal attack it's just weird you know yeah i mean and whether or not you believe in the dangers of secondhand smoke there is a some danger to that. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's just a toxic cloud of smoke. Everybody believes in that. Put down on somebody who doesn't smoke. Yeah. It, it, it can't be like breathing pure oxygen. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know? So I guess that's what makes it more okay mm-hmm. to do, more socially acceptable. I guess, yeah. Because, oh, you're affecting other people when it's a clear, obvious effect that yeah. you have on other people. Secondhand smoke, secondhand smoke. Well, alcoholism affects everybody around you and all the innocent people that die from a-holes drinking and driving. Mm -hmm. Um, The morbidly obese that put a burden on our health care systems. On and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yes, you do affect everybody else. No, it's not as obvious to... The anybody with an IQ under fifty um, as secondhand smoke, but it's still obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, open your eyes. Y- y'all are crying about um, oh healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Well, then let's look at what's putting a burden on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I'm about up to here, and my hands about two feet above my head um, with this uh uh drug addicts you know crying about it's a disease no it's a choice don't care what anybody says don't care mm-hmm. alcoholism it's a choice um drug addiction it's a choice uh any addiction you have is a choice mm-hmm. i'm not saying they're easy choices i'm not saying it's it's probably not the hardest thing you do every day yeah but it's a choice. And saying that is controversial. And if you cannot 
make that choice yourself. If you're that far gone or if you're that emotionally weak, and I'm not, not everybody's strong enough to just go, meh. Um, you know, because I smoked for a long time back when I was young. And I wish I hadn't, but I did, you know. Mm-hmm. Smoked for 20, 20-some 20 years and tried to quit three times. Finally, when I decided to quit, it was cold turkey. I just, bloop, there you go. Mm-hmm. I made a decision to quit. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm quitting for, you know, work. Or I'm quitting for uh, so I can try to do better on my Air Force physical fitness exam. Or I'm, you know, trying to quit so I can live longer for the net. When I decided that it was the best thing for Todd, it's like a switch went off in my head. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had tried, I'd quit before, uh, once and then just, you know, I don't like being a quitter. I really enjoyed smoking. And mm-hmm. in that time I did. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it was the right decision, but it was the decision. Then I quit again a couple years later and then nine 11 kicked off and, uh, Danette was deployed, uh, to a, quote, unquote, secret location here in the continental United States. Um, actually, hmm. she was uh, there with a couple of your countrymen. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. Um, part of the NORAD system. There's yeah. actually four of them. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that because they're, they're, they're geographical sections, right? Yeah. Of, uh, like, command post kind of things. And one of them is... Um, up near the western coast of Canada and the United States. Hmm, that's interesting. And, uh, I mean, they're not. I mean, you can look them up on Google. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, when she was gone for eight months, I started smoking again. Hmm. And then when she got back, I was like, oh, yeah. I need-. And, and I smoked the worst thing in the world, um, menthol. So mm, Yeah. And uh, actually, I've smoked both, but I really enjoyed um, smoking Salem Lights. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am. I quit 21 or 22 years ago. And I still miss it on Hmm. some days. Yeah. I'll just, out of the blue, go, I'll go reach for my pack of cigarettes. I'm like, oh, that was a long time ago. Hmm. You know, I don't miss, um, don't miss alcohol, don't miss uh, anything. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, like, uh, you know, yeah. and I still smoke cigars every once in a while, but you don't inhale mm-hmm. yeah. cigars, or you're not supposed to. Yeah. Not every cigar is meant to be. Uh, the way I was taught, you don't inhale them, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when I had my really good Cubans, the Romeo and Juliet that were made in Cuba that I bought in France. Um, yeah, I inhaled some of that. But. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, and when I was a teenager, I smoked. And uh, I like, yeah, I enjoyed it. it was, you know, you have a cigarette and a coffee in the morning. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> and it's funny because most people don't like the smell of cigarette smoke, but I love it. Like if if we're somewhere and people are smoking outside, most 
most all the time though that smell is just like oh i love the smell of cigarette burning but um one thing i don't tell me you don't like the smell of a clove cigarette i don't know what that is oh you would know it if you smelled it yeah maybe um one thing that drives me nuts that i can't stand is the smell of weed Ugh. it's it's i've heard a lot about this lately have you been watching a lot of old tv from like the 60s yeah and I'm like, that's how they're describing things. I'm like, yeah, it's not really what it was. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, um, I have tried weed in my lifetime and I don't like it. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine long, long time ago who's a doctor. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's like alcohol, but different. Now, some people, it just doesn't affect, and they're uh, ultra rare, but, you know, they're there. It's like some people, you know, um, have the urinary odor issue with asparagus, and some don't. Yeah. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Asparagus pee. It's it's funny, because my wife, I'm like, she doesn't get it. We'll have asparagus. I'm like, oh, God. It's going to be a funky odor there to, tonight. And she's like, I've never smelt that before. I'm like, you don't have asparagus pee? And she's like, no. <laughs> it's weird, you know? But, yeah. You know, like, I hate it. The marijuana, when you're smoking, like, I have never, ever smoked marijuana. Uh, I've never done any illegal drug. The only thing I've ever had is alcohol and tobacco. But marijuana, the the, the dumb thing here is that now it's legal, right? And... It's supposed to be treated like alcohol. Like you can't consume it while you're operating a motor vehicle or while you're at work or or in public generally. Like it's supposed to be okay. But man, you, you'll go to like the hardware store and there'll be like some contractors sitting in their truck just smoking. And it just reeks and it, it smells like a skunk. It's so disgusting. <laughs> One Ugh. of the best memes I've ever seen lately is a... Two women are walking in their neighborhood, and they're on one side of a privacy fence because they're on the sidewalk. And this woman, one of the women, tells the other one, "Man, that's either a somebody smoking marijuana or a skunk." And right on the other side of the privacy fence is a skunk smoking marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one, and then uh, you know Nick Tobin of Pickle Cutters. Have you ever heard yeah. of him? Yeah. He showed he had a picture of that, and then it flipped. It is a picture of him. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, ugh. it just." And the thing is, like, I've I've been around people who like will smoke weed throughout the day. Like some people do it, like in the morning they'll have you know they'll have like six to eight throughout the day. And I've worked beside a guy who did that, and it they stink. Like it's a weird smell. It, it's almost like they rubbed poop over themselves. Like they've got this fecal smell. I don't know. It's just, it gets in their pores and it is so disgusting. And they start sweating and it's just like, oh, it almost makes me gag. It is so gross. I uh, I used to follow that um, Nick Tobin on Instagram. And then I was, he'd pop up in my feed now and then. And half the time he was like sitting there preparing his marijuana. Like he'd do a video of him. I don't know what it looks like. He's got some type of grinder and he's grinding something and then he's rolling a joint. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm obviously not following you because I admire your, your pot smoking. Like I want to see the knives that you make. 
And if you're going to show me you preparing your marijuana one in 10 posts, sorry, I'm not going to waste my time. So I unfollowed him. I don't know why people or or people that are. Yeah, I don't know. I just I find lately I have less and less patience. If somebody puts some type of a, a socially charged post on, it's like, nope, sorry. Or like way back when everybody was blacking out their posts, right? And I'm like, nope, not interested, sorry. I follow you because of your knives. I really don't care about your politics or your social justice warrior tendencies or whatever you're thinking. Like, not interested, thanks, bye. Oh, talk about social justice warriors um, and how, you know, these ultra left-wing idiots decided that you can't name sports teams after Native <laughs> Americans yeah. in a alleged derogatory way. So they forced the Washington Redskins to rename their team. And now uh, Native Americans are suing the team to change it back because they liked it. That's so funny. Because there's a bunch of white people that said it was offensive, not natives. <laughs> like it's so stupid. Well, I would. I was talking to somebody, not recently, but recent. Well, in the last year, and uh, is a, a really good man. Uh, African American. We're almost exactly the same age, and had a lot of the same life experiences. Right. He was in the army. I was in the air force, um, and. He's like, can I ask you a question? Yeah. He's like, what is wrong with y'all white people thinking that everything offends everybody else? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it ain't me. And we, <laughs> I, I, I just think it's these um, kids that uh, their parents wanted to be their best friend mm-hmm. instead of parents. Yeah, it's a guy. Exactly. To the nth degree, right? And... Anyway, I said, it's people that want to think they're doing something for the world um, because they don't understand humor and they don't understand their own, uh, uh, I don't say hatred because hatred is a really strong word. You can have negative thoughts about something or someone and not hate it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the word and negative thoughts and feelings is a matter of perspective. I'm pretty sure the Nazis had negative thoughts and feelings about the Jewish people and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But the perspective is wholly different. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and he was like, you know, because about half the things that people say offend us, talking about African-Americans, they don't. Mm -hmm. We would rather have, you know, a bunch of crazy crackers running around (laughs) saying whatever they want. That way we know who to stay away from, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, Martha, don't invade him don't invite him to bridge night, will you? You know? Yeah. yeah. He's got a sheet with some eye holes in his closet. Yeah. But he goes, but you know, with all this, everybody tiptoeing around everybody, you don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, and that's part of the problem and that's part of the um keeping us separated uh and into groups and against each other instead of looking at what's going around going on around you from government and big business mm-hmm. <clears throat> and small business, whatever. Yeah. Media. Because people in power found out really quick with uh, 
uh, douchebag Donald that, uh, and I'm not a Biden guy either. I'm, I'm neither red nor blue, people. I think they're both off the rocker and are bad for America. Um, but uh, he's what Trump being elected showed the, those that were in power is, oh, crap, we don't have as firm a grip as we thought we did. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to double down. You know, because mm-hmm. a, a complete outsider, you know, getting in. It happens all the time at low-level politics, but never, you know, like a president or a premier or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Yep. And because I, it, especially in this area, it's, oh, oh, look at him. Look at him go after Trump. You know he was doing the right thing. You know he's a good man if they're going after him like this. No, both of those things can be true. You know, he's bad and they're going after him. Yeah. You know, um, and no one, no one, that's going to be the titular head of a government that divides the country completely in half can be good. Yeah. No, sorry, people. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I'm just so sick of the Trump versus the world. No, it should be, hey, what's best for America mm-hmm. as a whole? Yep. You know, what's best for Canada? Well, we know what it isn't, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and God knows how y'all are going to fix that one. Mm-hmm. Then he can just, you know, um, yeah, on Tuesday, we're going to have another vote. Keep me in some more. Yeah. But the heck. Yeah. He's a, I don't know. I don't get it. Like it's crazy, man. You know, what's crazy. Hmm. The conspiracy theories around the Maui wildfires. Yeah, well, I've never There's heard There's this those. dude all over Instagram and wherever else, probably TikTok, um, talking about uh, it's not a wildfire because really? there's still some green on a couple of trees. Mm. Have you ever seen a forest fire? Dummy. I've seen two up close and personal when I was in Montana. And yeah, not every tree burns. Mm-hmm. I have seen like 25 acres just burnt to ash with two trees, not even near each other, still there. Hmm. No apparent reason, except God. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. No, eh? there's directed energy weapons. Ugh. If cars are getting melted into the road, cars are not melting into the road. Asphalt in Maui is already soft. Yeah, yeah. And you get a little bit of fire and and radiant heat, the road is going to soften and your car is going to sink a little. Yeah. It's not melting into the ground, dummy. Yeah, that's that's quite the devastation, hey? Well, and one of the, and that is not even, that just bugs me from people believing or giving him any kind of audience. But what bothers me about it is, oh, we need to pitch in and send money to Matt. Why? It should be one of the richest 
islands on the face of the planet from all of the tourist dollars they get. They, they couldn't have put a little bit behind them in the savings account. Yeah, yeah. Because of lava, you know, things happen in Hawaii. Yeah. I know. I, it's funny because Steph and I will often think about, hey, if we were to live anywhere, where would we live? And sometimes it's like you, you think about all the places you go to on vacation. It's like, yeah, we've been to Hawaii a few times. And it's like, I don't know that I would live there. I, I don't like the idea of being stranded on on those islands out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know? I know it's weird. They seem like a place that's just inherently risky for natural things to happen. And inherently risky for Howleys. Howleys? What's Howleys? Howley. White people from the anywhere on the mainland. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a hateful place. Is it? It really is. And I, I, we have a good friend who's um, a mixed bag of... Uh, countries in her lineage mm -hmm. chinese thai hawaiian uh viking from minnesota weird but uh and she was telling us she's you know grew up there she's like you know it it's horrible the way you know uh quote unquote native hawaiians just hate everybody that's hmm. not that from there interesting whatever hmm. said, have you ever been to alaska well, no. Uh, you haven't seen that yet. Hmm. Go to Alaska. Get some of that native hate. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Alaska's like, uh, I love Alaska, but it's also, man, there's a lot of crazy people that move to Alaska. Oh, God. Like people that just want to get away from it for reasons. Like, it's just like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, now they just live under a bridge in San Francisco. That's right. <laughs> or Portland. Couldn't make the transition. Well, I mean, it's cold yeah. in Alaska. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I have to work, at least to build my own cabin. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the outhouse and get eaten by a bear. That's right. <laughs> when I I went there for just a couple of days when, uh, in the Air Force, and... Uh, while we were there on the news was not one, but two people being mauled by bears going to the outhouse. Hmm. I'm like, no. Um, That's crazy. If I lived there, you would hear more often than not, after I saw those news stories in my cabin, um, some female voice screaming, why are you pooping in the sink? <laughs> There's bears out there. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so last weekend uh, we went camping. And uh, speaking of bears, no, we didn't see any bears, but it's kind of cool. We're near Sundry, between Sundry and Olds, and it's, uh, man, it's different. It's amazing. You drive, it's probably like an hour drive from our house, but the, like, thick wooded trees and nice river that runs all around the campground and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Kind of, it's funny because you're on the highway and then to get to the camp, the they're kind of down this valley. And as soon as you drop down the valley, you have zero cell phone reception, like none. And so it was really weird. And there's two sides of the camp and our cabin was on the one side, but then like the main, like big lodge center and where we eat is on the other side. And so 
we get up in the morning. I brought our, we bought a little mini fridge, like the kind size they have in a hotel room that has a freezer in it. So we could put like uh, ice cream sandwiches and freezies and stuff in it. And then I brought my latte machine because <laughs> I'm like, why, why wouldn't you, right? Like, why are you going to suffer? So we get up in the morning, make our lattes and visit. And then everybody kind of sits out. It's kind of like a longhouse, you know, like a motel. And so everybody gets their coffee and just sits out and visits for like an hour or two in the morning. And then we head over to the other side. Um, but it was so weird because you're, you're on the bus. They have a bus that goes back and forth like every 20 minutes or something. And it's like, you can walk it in like 10 minutes. The hardest part is that it's super steep going up and down. And um, so anyways, everybody, when we're going over, usually go over in the morning and then we'll stay there pretty much all day long and then come back at night. And then when we kind of come up from either side of the valley everybody grabs their phones and they're trying to check their check their messages and stuff it's it was weird not having any internet connection or cell phone connection for like the, for that it was like friday we were there no we got there thursday so it's thursday friday saturday sunday it was strange man and it's funny because i i you don't realize how much you depend on an internet connection. And I'm not the type of person, like I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I don't like doom scroll. It's not like I'm just like always on a device, but it's always like, oh, I need a tool. Let me see if this place has it in stock or, oh, I need to order this. And you whip out your phone, and you check it. And there's a couple times where I was like, oh, I should just look into getting one of these. And I pull up my phone and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't. <laughs> it was just strange. Strange. <laughs> But it's actually kind of good too. It's uh, I think, well, one person we were talking about and said, you know what? If we had cell phone service here, I guarantee one third of every person sitting here right now would be staring at their phone. And I was like, you're right, actually. Like, I think, I don't know, there's probably like 300, three, or I would guess around 300 people there that came from our church. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good weekend. 300 people. About that, yep. It's a huge, so like they've got cabins, then they've got like their own um, camp site, like campground, like what you typically think of a campground here where it's like, you know, a little gravel road that winds in and out of trees and stuff. And then here's a little spot here. There's a spot there. There's an RV spot here. There's a tenting spot there. It's actually a pretty big facility, but it was a lot of fun. And then... uh yeah, I got it. I had to cook two two of the days. I volunteered to cook, so did hamburgers one day. One day, hot dogs the next. The church has this huge, like a big trailer propane grill. Oh man, that thing gets hot. And when you're cooking like ha- like hamburgers, there's four of us, and we did hamburgers for 300 people in about half an hour. Man, it was intense. Like <laughs> it was like go 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 go. But it was fun. It was a really good weekend. I used to love doing that, um, running a grill at the uh, at the air shows. Yeah, when I was in the Air Force. I mean, cause you had to do something at the air show because um, they made you. Huh. But I love running the grill, just um, throwing them frozen hamburger patties and sausages, and just stand there all yeah. day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you you get that thick layer of uh, smoky, like greasy smoke air on you, <laughs> it's like. When I was done, I told Steph, I said, here, smell this t-shirt. <laughs> like, oh. And then uh, the first day we were upwind and the poor guys on the other side of the trailer, 
And the second day we were fully downwind and man, it was just, whew. you could just feel like the oil that had evaporated in the smoke and just coating your face. It was kind of nasty. It was a, Oh, but it was awesome at the same time. Yeah. Now, true. When you stopped cooking and you know, like when the, in the, towards the evening you stop and cleaning up. Oh God. Then you're like, Ooh, Mm-hmm. feel like I've been sprayed down with Cosmoline. Ugh. Yes. Yes. That's what uh, it feels like. Um, I, I, I coined a phrase back then, um, like 1989, 1988, somebody was talking about, uh, cause you know, smoke back then. So I'm on the grill and I'm smoking, got all this, you know, food, grease, burning smoke, charcoal, and then cigarette all over my, and you're like, Oh my God, you are just trying to get cancer. I'm like, no, it's food. I get lung cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, yeah. I saw a grill the other day I want to try to build. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, it's simple, but it's a grill, but made for hardwood. Mm. So you, it's a, you know, it's steel box with iron grate. And uh, and you've got vents on either end, but you put uh, either hardwood lump charcoal and hardwood or just hardwood, and you're literally cooking over a hardwood fire. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and he, uh, the guy that did it, he is making a second one that's double the si- surface area. But on one half of it, he's going to have uh, like a griddle, so solid, but it'll have the fire under it. But it'll be more like a griddle. Hmm. And then on top of the griddle, he wants to have a uh, a pizza stone kind of thing mm-hmm. and a hood. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to, on that end, he can make a pizza oven. Hmm. That's cool. Or Gretel, you know, it's it'll be multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's cool. And I'm thinking that would be something cool to do. Um, at the lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, KFC for our festive board at the lodge on Monday. Yeah, our meeting was this past Monday and I forgot all about it. Um, Uh-oh. There were some things on Monday that, uh, then I was late home, getting home. Um, Benny wasn't feeling good. Anyway, it's just some things and I just completely spaced it out. Hmm. And, uh, and Danette brought home a pizza for dinner from a place we haven't had in seven, eight years. And it's a really good pizza place. So hmm. that probably, probably took my mind off of Lodge meeting. Yeah. But tonight is our annual um, with the grand lecture. Oh, okay. And uh, the worshipful master asked another guy, oh, is Todd going to be here tonight? You know, we need him. So, or hmm. tomorrow night. So Donnie called me yesterday and was like, you going to be there? Uh, yeah. Right on. We had a really cool Masonic education at Lodge on Monday. Uh, the gentleman who put it on, he, 
I forget which lodge he was involved. He he became a Mason in Canada, and then he moved to Arizona for like 25 years. And then he's moved back here now. Or maybe it's only 20 years, something like that. <clears throat> he's not like that old. Like I would say he might be 60. But, um, but yeah, so like... He his uh, his lecture was called uh, Freemasons in in Gettysburg, and it was very fascinating. And in in that time in America, it's amazing how many men were Masons. Like a significantly higher percentage of the population were Freemasons than now, right? Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. So he like he collected all this historical data, and blah blah blah, and just basically kind of walked through. You know, before Gettysburg, the before that whole battle started, and like all the little battles kind of leading up to it, and it's amazing how many um, generals and lieutenants and all those guys were Masons, and then on both sides, and then instances like uh, towards the end, um, the Confederates were sewing in the square and compasses to their uniforms if they're Masons, because. If they were wounded or something, they were treated much better, right? Like, uh, we found a wounded guy that make sure it was just interesting. All these different stories <clears throat> that have been recorded, and uh, it's kind of cool. But and then even if you go to that the memorial there, have you seen that uh, monument to the Freemasons? I know it's there, but I haven't seen it in person. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I, we went to Gettysburg. My dad was really into that, and. I was probably like maybe 10 years old. So obviously I don't, I didn't care then. And I don't remember now, but that's kind of interesting, interesting little lecture that we had. Last Saturday we had uh, one of our lodges here. Um, They, they are the um, civil war historical lodge. Hmm. Uh, That's, they have a couple of guys there that are historian, real historians. And that's what they do. You know, That's cool. And they did a class on a guy, some famous guy from the Civil War who was a Mason. And because he's gotten a bad rap mm. from the, you know, winning side. And uh, they're trying to unwrite the rewrite of history and show the the honesty of what happened, what this guy's life was really about. And it's not it's not necessarily the North and South thing. It's the Masonic thing, mm-hmm. you know, because you know we're not supposed to run down the name of a worthy brother, and so they're trying to build him back up. Mm-hmm. It's amazing all the good things he did. That simply because he was um, one of the more successful fighters against the North, they just trashed him. Mm-hmm. You know. That's crazy. Just like they, you know, they try to make the Lee out to be a coward when, well, one, I didn't know the guy, but um, he surrendered to save lives. Mm-hmm. It was hopeless at that point. Mm-hmm. And why continue to lose brothers? Exactly, yep. You know, just like I don't understand how people still fly the rebel flag you know you're rooting for the loser yeah I know. that's already lost yeah you know? you've already <laughs> lost that bet pal yeah. um i'm not saying you have to 
uh, embrace the winner, but you can't, you know. Yeah. It's too late to pick up that pancake off the floor. It fell syrup side down. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. It's like rooting for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, really? Should you? (laughs) Come on. So, saw a laser video, um, laser etching video. Yeah. uh, Yesterday. Holy cow. What's that? He... They they did like a, a workbench and then put his uh, lo- YouTube logo on one end and the YouTube logo on the other end, and he's not telling me like it took like two hours to you know laser in his logo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and you can't walk away from it. Yeah. So how much can you charge? I'm just wondering, you do that for a business, how much can you charge for that? Because yeah. you can't walk away from it. Yeah, that's crazy, actually. You know, and you're going to do somebody's logo, um, you know, maybe a foot square or 18 inches square in, in uh, hardwood cherry, and it's going to take you an hour and 45 minutes, two hours, or longer because you got set up and all that. Um, just a burn-in time was almost two hours. How much can you charge? And can you make money? Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a that's a weird thing. I, I'm sure they they people walk away from them all the time. I mean, I know. I mean, you don't have to sit there and stare at it. You can be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do something else. You'll be designing your next thing. I don't know. Um, yeah. You can do other things, but one of the things I had an issue with in his particular shop and this guy, one, he's one of those people that are genuine. He seems to be very genuine on YouTube, but in a almost dangerous way because I'm going to video my journey, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I've never done this before, but then you just do all kinds of dangerous crap and you don't recognize that it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell other people don't do it like me. Cause you know, this is silly. And one of the things I'm talking about is this, he's in a woodworking, he's in his garage, in a garage and he does a lot of woodworking. In fact, he woodworks the entire workbench, Right. Mm-hmm. And then he starts laser edging it in a cloud of dust. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Who do you want to say who this was? Hometown acres. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't know. he. And the guy he had on, by the way, is he said, you know, Adam invited me up here. Cause I got a couple of videos on, um, lasers on my, uh, YouTube channel, but that's not all I do. You know, it's not even my specialty. He was really um, quick to, I'm not the guy to ask. Yeah, you know, I'm just here because, you know, Adam invited me over. Hmm. But, uh, and then they were talking about, oh, you know, here's some different materials that we etched and we got a really good um, uh, 
results from this product and or this kind of material and this kind of material and this kind of and he's got a Adam got a thirty watt diode laser the blue one mm, yeah anyway so on the board on the little thing where all the pieces all the coupons were uh, there was a plain uncoated piece of aluminum without would nary a scratch on it. And they're like, yeah, we couldn't get this a piece of aluminum to etch. And I'm like, I don't laser etch. I don't own a laser etcher. And I can tell you exactly why that doesn't work. Shiny surface. Yeah, it's also. You can't do that. <clears throat> I mean, and it tells you, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm dumb and when it comes to this. I know you can't do that. That's why you have to either paint or coat or put that masking over shiny aluminum. And even that doesn't work well at all. Nope. It needs to be anodized or powder coated to do a good etch on it. Yeah. Because you can't actually mark the aluminum itself. It has to do with the frequency of the laser. And then the way that that frequency reacts to that material. Um, And the oxide on aluminum is incredibly hard mm -hmm. for, you know, aluminum. Mm -hmm. Like I had... um, I etched, I had like some type of an anodized aluminum uh, height gauge, like the base of it. And I was able to get a light mark on that. But you really, with a blue diode laser, you cannot mark aluminum. It just doesn't work. If you put paint on it, you can burn the paint away, but it will not make any mark on the aluminum itself. And for that, you need like... um, like a CO2 laser, don't you? CO2 or fiber. Um, what's the other one? I'm, so I'm getting the Laser Packer 4. <laughs> Great name. And it has a 10-watt diode and... Oh, what is it? Here, let me just check this quick. 2-watt infrared. It's got infrared laser. I think it's infrared. I was just thinking red, you know. He's got blue and he got red. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like infrared lasers will mark aluminum, plastic, all kinds of stuff. Like the blue diode also will not mark clear acrylic. It just doesn't it doesn't do a thing to it. Um, and I've tried a couple different masks on aluminum. I've tried um, different types. I've tried sandblasting the aluminum and that looks like it leaves a mark and then you you move your finger over it and it's gone but yeah i'm actually looking forward to getting this laser packer so that i can mark my sanding blocks because right now electro etch them and the, the one thing i like about this this laser packer i, I hate saying the name <laughs> it sounds so stupid but um they've got a base that has a whole bunch of tapped holes in it and then they give you these little squares that have little threaded little bolts, uh, little thumb screws that are knurled. And so you could, once you set up one, if you're batching stuff out, it's literally just set it there, press start, set it, press start, set it, press start. So like once I, when I do like sanding blocks, I'll be able to mark my, my maker's mark on the top and I won't be electro etching because that's a slow process. Like I got to take the sticker off, put it on, edge it, and then wipe it down and hit it with WD-40, blah, 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 blah. This would be nice just to boop, press the button. The one thing I need to do is I need to build an enclosure or figure out an, a way to exhaust these lasers because I tried cutting some leather <laughs> last week 
Oh man. I was like, you know what? This this shop is big. It's a there's a lot of volume of air in here. I'll be fine. And so I just fired this thing up. <laughs> and you know, went went to the front. I left it unattended. I'm like, I'll just come back and check it in a minute or two. And I looked and man, it's just this plume of smoke in the back of the shop. I'm like, and then it starts migrating towards the front. I'm like, this is you cannot do any wood or you do need like some type of a ventilation. So I think where it is, it used to be a welding area there. And they used to have, there was two uh, welding hoods that went like up into the ceiling. And I don't know if the ducting is up top yet. And if it is, I'm just going to get one and, and hook it into there and have like a welding arm and put it to whatever laser I'm using. But if not, I got to figure a way to, to exhaust all that outside. Cause I'm going to start cutting wood and this and that. And get a fabricate a get or fabricate a big hood over you, mm -hmm. you know, like in a commercial kitchen or, um, or a fab shop or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then get one, you know, the shortest piece of, uh, ducting you can to go straight outside and put in one of those inline, uh, high CFM fans. And mm -hmm. that's what I was planning. That's what I, was I mean, you don't doing. have to filter it. If it's going straight outside, you're in the middle of nowhere, you know? Just, yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking of doing a lot of, and if you, you know, put a bunch of burning flesh smell outside, maybe the coyotes will stay away. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people build like wooden enclosures around their lasers. And then just like on the front, they'll have a couple of holes where the air can be drawn in and they'll do the same thing. They'll do like, they'll pipe it, put an inline fan. Um, and my thing is like, I want, I, I want to do that, but I want to like, I'm also thinking like, okay, I got to make sure I do this properly so that once, when it's like minus 30 outside, that area of the shop isn't freezing cold. Yeah. That's why I was saying do it that way. Cause you know, smoke goes up anyway and if you have a high enough cfm fan and then i mean it's not that high but high enough to create the positive pressure or negative pressure and just boom right outside mm -hmm. you know yeah and then in the winter you can you know just block it off yeah yeah i need to do that the one thing is i need to where the laser is right now that wall is actually the wall into the the lean-to or the addition that was put onto the shop. So I can't exhaust it straight there. But so I'm half hoping that it's straight up because I want that laser, or I could I could move the laser to the back wall. That That's a possibility too. And if it's just a, a large, I mean a large hood, you know, that covers the entire area. And that way you're not opening and closing, opening and closing. It's just mm -hmm. one and done. And then you don't have to worry about while you're doing a whole run of knives or sanding blocks, open and close, open and close. Yeah, I know. That's actually a good idea. I like that. I never thought about that hood, but that actually makes a lot of sense. And it, you really, it, it it's not going to take a lot because there's no other air movement per se in there to contend with, right? Unless I'm moving around. It's not like there's wind howling through that. There's no windows and in the, that shop, you know? You know, it, it works because, you know, um, You know, they, they're, they've been in use in different industries mm -hmm. for centuries, so. Yeah. Actually, you can get, I maybe should look at, because you can get exhaust fans. Um, 
like the square ones that you that are louvered that you mount in the side of a building yeah. and and they make them so that those louvers are insulated so you when you turn it on that either some sometimes you actually have to open them up and then they'll turn on and some of them just the air movement does but then once the air stopped those louvers close and it's got at least a little layer of insulation yeah one thing i'm wondering is if i did it on the very back wall because that very back wall used to be a sliding door and then they just kind of tin they kind of put a little frame and then tinned over it but that way i know for sure i'm not gonna be going through any electrical like i, I don't worry about what's in that wall at all because there's nothing there and then i could um mm -hmm, that might be the place to do it put a new workbench there the only one thing is it's kind of close to where the woodworking area would be, but at the same time, I doubt I'd be doing both of those things at once, you know? And then I have just a, I just have a cover put over the laser right now. I don't know how sensitive it is, but my thoughts are like, if I'm doing a bunch of woodworking, I don't want a bunch of dust getting into that laser head. You know, there's vent holes in it and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. It, it you know it's supposed to be in a clean environment maybe not sterile but clean yeah you know so and there's just more nothing more annoying than wood dust and uh grinding dust yeah it gets everywhere yeah wood is worse than metal because it it goes farther i find metal and dust it's on you <clears throat> so you take it everywhere i mean you know it's just mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing I'm really noticing is that it is very easy for me to create, uh, I call them slow messes. Like I'll get one thing out. It's like, okay, I just got to tape something up with some pipe tape. So I tape it up and I just set it down. And then I'll go a couple days later, I'll grab something, I'll do something and I'll and set it down. And when we got back from camping, I looked and I'm like, this shop is so messy. I've got... This out here, that out there, this over here, that over there, this over here. And it's because I've got all this space and it's crazy. So I spent like a good, probably most of one morning just putting things away. And I was like, I cannot believe how messy this is. And I never noticed it until I went away for a few days and then came back. But, oh, it's crazy. You know, if you've got like one workbench or say just two workbenches that aren't big, like we had in our old garage, you know, you, you don't get away with leaving stuff out you got to put it away or else you can't do the next thing but here it's it's just room after room and i can leave this out i can I'd like bicycle projects motorcycle projects knife projects plumbing projects getting stuff fixed parts for the hot tub and this every project you could imagine i just had it laying out oh but then when you do when i do take the time and clean it up i come in and i'm like oh my word this place is crazy it just looks so big when it's like Every workbench is just clean. There's nothing on it. It's just room for potential. Like, what do you want to do? You can do it here now. It's kind of nice. Yeah, but it's like a clean kitchen. It looks great, but then you don't want to mess it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoop, not going to work today. <laughs> I just went through cleaning and saying, I know how much work it is. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm starving today. No, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I got I go one more video I need to do for X tool, and I'm gonna make a leather sheath um, for a knife that I, I sold. And so I, I need to find. Do you know of a simple 
2D drawing software. Did we talk about this last time? Yeah, we had talked about it. We both used Google SketchUp, but haven't used it Yeah. Um, since. So I, yeah, SketchUp has gone the way that most of them do. And it's like, hey, why don't you use this for interior design? And it's like, it, it it's not what it used to be. I remember it used to be so easy and you could go between 3D and the, the 2D layout, but you have to pay for it now. There is no free version whatsoever. Or there is, but you have to have some type of a Microsoft education account. I don't know what it is, but we don't have that through our school. And so I can't get an education thing. And I'm like, I remember I never loved it before, but I just used it because it was free. And so now they're like charging as though it's like some premium product. And everyone I hear talk about it says, no, it's not that great. But I mean, it wasn't that great free, but it was free and it was usable. Exactly. Yeah. And but you know then the other good ones are so complicated you have to be in go to engineering school just to learn how to use it mm-hmm. you know yeah and anybody who says oh fusion 360 is easy no you're not even using it hmm. you know, you're what in there drawing a circle yeah um I'm not dumb, and I know computers to some degree, and I used to, I have used some design software in the past, um, like C++ and some other stuff, and uh, Fusion is confusing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like... obvious about using it you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a, and and it's expensive too like they used to have again they used to have free versions and they were a little bit like kind of a light version not all the features were available and then they took that away and i remember the outcry in the maker community a couple of years ago when that happened it's kind of like well that's they can do what they want like it's their product but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I've, I've tried a couple of them and I think I might be able to get by, but I remember like even SketchUp had a thing where you could draw, if you wanted a line that you wanted to add curves to it, you could just basically drag and drop point A to point B. And then anywhere within that line, you could just grab it and pull it to create different radiuses and different curves. And that was it. Like I was thinking that's what I want when I'm designing a sheath. I want to draw a line and a line. And then I want to make a curve and manipulate it and this and that. But these these other free ones that I've found, I can't I can't figure out how to do that. And it's just like, ugh. What I what I want to do with a design program is very, very easy. Like it's really nothing to it at all. But it's like I, I ugh. You give me these programs that you guys have, take away ninety-nine percent of its features and its potential. That's what I want. I want that one little dumb 1%, you know? But we'll see. The other thing I you can do is, well, I guess you'd have to size it, but what is it called? Vectorize.ai. And you can upload any image to it and it will turn it into a vector file. And so, like, you could literally take a sketch, like, draw something out with your hand, and take a photo with your phone 
and then upload it to this vectorize.ai and it'll turn it into an SVG. It'll turn it into whatever, whatever file your machine wants. It'll make that file. And, and the nice thing with SVGs is that they're infinitely sizable. And so, you know, you could have this little thing and then print it huge. It's, I don't know, it's really cool. But maybe that's what I'll end up having to do is just take my knife templates that I have because I have cardboard templates of all my different sheaths. And so what I could do, and that's not the way I want to do it, but I could just trace them out onto a white piece of paper, take a photo of that, put it into this thing, and then it'll give me the file. And then on the grid that's on the laser software, I could just size it up accordingly. But again, that's not the way I want to do it. I'd like to be able to actually draw it, but we shall see. Fun, fun, fun. Yep. Fun with lasers. Pew, 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 pew. Mm-hmm. So, oh, cats. what's that? Cats. Yeah. Laser cats. That's right. Oh, dude, so we were looking at, we're, so we haven't done anything, haven't gone on any holidays as a family yet this summer. No summer vacation because the kids have been busy and this and that and everything. And so I was like, I was like, ah, oh, we should look at that, the Fairmont and Banff, like you had talked about last time and. I think right now, like uh, <laughs> the rooms are like twelve hundred bucks a night or something. <laughs> so we're not going there, but uh, we actually we actually might be going in this. We I, it's not for sure yet, but next week we may not be here because we might be in Great Falls. Ooh, yeah. I haven't been to the United States of America since, like, dude, man, it's. I bet it's been five or six years. It's probably the longest I've ever gone in my life without going to the States. Because when I was a kid, we went every summer. And then even when Steph and I were married, we went shopping in Great Falls at least once a year. Minimum, usually like two to three. And then obviously, even that that time I spent like nine months a year in the States, various places. But um. Yeah, Eva doesn't, her passport had expired, and so we got the application done. But then we looked on, we were looking into it, and children under the age of 16, they can cross the border with uh, a birth certificate. And so they don't actually need a passport. Everybody else has, well, all our passports are current, but Ava's is expired. And we're like, oh man, we've, only, we've got like this one week window between when the kids start school and this and that and other stuff, so... We might head down to Great Falls next week. We'll see. Yeah, ah. the uh, powers that be do not want to overburden the human trafficking industry by making them get fake passports for the kids. You know. That's right, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's only uh. when you're crossing by land, though. I think a land or a water crossing. If you're flying, you have to have a passport. Yeah. But. And it, not every crossing, I thought. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I think I would call down because we'd be crossing at Coots and I want to call down and say like, hey, do we need a, a passport? I don't want to drive for three hours to find out. Oh, yeah, sorry, can't do this. But I like Great Falls. It's nice because they've got like, well, they got a Target. Um, oh, no, is it like our... It's the closest you can get to an American shopping experience. You know, they got Shields. Um, they got so many good stores there. 
Shields. That's where I bought my first handgun that I bought myself. Huh. Right on. Yep. So I'll, I'll let you know if we end up going there. But if we do, I should actually bring, I guess again, that's too much work. It'd be cool if you had a, like a mobile recording thing where you could just record from a tablet. You know, just turn on the iPod. Yeah. And iPad and record. From Tablet's it. been working so great up to now. Yours has? No, yours. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I but, think hey, that, you know, if you can't poke fun at friends, who can you poke fun of? That's right. Um, I think, hmm, I, I think the, the thing I would have an issue, or the thing I don't have is a compact microphone that would sound decent. If you could get something like that, like a microphone that's not huge that could plug into your iPad, I think you could just do these podcasts on the iPad. Especially, like, really... Yeah, we have just, let's face it, we try, and we've got some really incredible equipment. But we should be using a tin can and string (laughs) based on the amount of, you know return we get on this yeah, that's true that's true <laughs> i know it's funny because i hear all these other podcasts and they're all uh, like they got patrons and i'm like should we get patrons like i don't think we would, I don't think we could get a patron to sign up for this that's <laughs> uh, funny and then it's, here's the thing as soon as you have patrons then it's like okay we owe them right like right now this is you and me and that's that's it that you know if you like it, good. If you don't, I don't care. If we if we have to skip one, if we have to miss some, so we don't owe anybody anything. <laughs> oh no! I mean, if if we were, unless we were contractually obligated to someone like a uh, like Spotify or a, a, an advertiser or something like that, sponsor, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't think I'd change a thing. No, no. You know, even if we had you know, a bunch of subscribers and we were making some money off a of Patreon or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. If it was just the people giving us, you know, I, I equate that to throwing money in your hat, mm-hmm. um, playing bass in the, uh, underground, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hey, thanks. But that's what you get. You, you, you're here. You're enjoying it. Didn't ask you for nothing. You just threw it in. Good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I hate when, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but if you had like a contract or you had contracted sponsors, something like that, then yeah, you owe them a product. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we do an incredible job to have, and, and I think, well, I know at least for me, I'm doing it just for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, me too. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, I like... I'm an audiophile. I liked good music when I was listening to podcasts. I liked good podcasts. And there's some incredibly famous podcasters out there that are unlistenable. Mm-hmm. And not, well, their content, but their quality. I'm like, what are no. you doing? No, I know. You're recording on a Samsung Galaxy One? Yeah. I mean, there. Oh, I know a guy, and I, I really like the guy. I got a lot of respect for him. He's a talented blacksmith. Excuse me, I got to sneeze. Oh, okay, well, that was a... 
I thought I was going to sneeze and I thought I wasn't. And then I did sneeze. Um, but he does these podcasts and he does them when he's driving somewhere. And he just has his AirPods in his ear and presses like the voice thing on his phone. And I'm like, that's not how podcasts work. Like even even solo podcasts, there's some that I've I've enjoyed, but it's like, he, he, oh, it's so he's like, oh, we're gonna talk, and so he talks about this stuff, and I tried listening to them, but it's like you're driving in your truck, and then you'll be like, okay, just a minute, I gotta stop the podcast for a minute, I go go get some gas, and then it'll be a little pause. He's like, okay, well, I'm just filling up right now, I'm outside, so, and then all of a sudden you hear semi trucks rolling by, and it's like this dude, like, if if you have something that's worth sharing. Take the time to share it. You know, if it's just something that's like, oh, I've got nothing to do while I'm driving. Let me make a podcast. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Podcasts are something that you need to at least refrain from other activities while you're <laughs> while you're making one. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard people order drive through on a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, yell at their kids. Yeah cooking yeah and it, it's one uh, thing like i mean if your dog starts sorry my dog's barking in the background yeah i get that or, or your kids come in or something that's you know and nobody no most people don't have like a dedicated studio where they can lock the doors and it's like okay when i come out that's when i'm done but but man to be driving your car no mm -mm. but yeah the uh one of the funniest uh, and they swear it was completely unscripted. This guy, he bought a professional studio from a radio station that went out of business mm -hmm. and set it up to do podcasting, right? But he was serious about the, wanting to at least sound good, have quality. And uh, he had, uh, you heard a, a little knock at the door, you know he does it from home and his kids and wife were there anyway his little daughter came in and I, he does never said how old she was but you can tell from the voice and the words that it very young and uh she said comes in and right in the middle of his podcast and goes um my, <laughs> mommy needs you what? She knows I'm recording. Tell her I'll be there as quick as I can. No, no, now. Look, I'll be there in a second. No, now. She's out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go, people. <laughs> be right back. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny, yeah. Yeah, I used to like his podcast. Used to, because he did them live. It wasn't um, like pre-recorded and then put up. Mm-hmm. He's, he did it live, and then it was recorded while he was doing it, and then that stayed up. But it, it was what it was. And it, he was such a good, like, uh, when he was in college, he had some uh, experience in radio. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, right? So he could keep on track. He could had, you know, seven, eight-minute subject segments. Uh, so it it was very fun to listen to. Um, and it was really, even though he had subjects and topics, it was about nothing, you know, in, in reality, just mm -hmm. like pop culture crap. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was at the dawn of, uh, the modern scripted reality TV 
phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And he would make fun of that. But um, that's actually why he quit podcasting because uh, one of the shows came after him. Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny. Hmm. One of those shows that had a family of big booty women with a collective IQ of three. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Your dad was so smart. Why? How? How did none of that trickle down to you? Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. Uh, but one. Of, but Kim did say at one point, you know, she's tired of people calling her stupid. You know, she's made a fortune ten times over being stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you got me there. Yeah. I just couldn't sell my soul like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That I don't find Kanye or Jay Z or whoever she's married to attractive. So. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Right on. Well, I should probably get to work here. Got a couple signing blocks I need to finish up. And then I need to talk to the guy yesterday evening about his sheath and how he wants it. So now I got to. Either I cut it out by hand so I can get it made for him or I figure out how to do this laser, but hopefully. Hopefully I can get a drawing program to work. Yeah, while we, while we were talking about it, I did a quick uh, search on the old interweb for 2D software and I couldn't find a free one that looked like it was um, any better than a pencil. Hmm. Yeah. I saw a couple that were... 2D, supposedly quick to learn, and they did vectoring for you, but they cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look around, see what we can find. But Yeah. But, you know, and I blame and thank the European Union for some of this stuff not being free anymore what with all that? the privacy lawsuits. Because oh, yeah. if a company's giving you something for free, you are the product. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, so when now you can't use people's private information the way they were, then you have to charge for the product. But, yeah, yeah. And you know, I get it. You know, I'd rather, you know, keep all my private stuff private. But mm-hmm. anyway. I hear you. Right on. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we may or may not be back next week, but we'll see. And thanks, Todd. Yeah, good it'll be a surprise. Again. That's right. For both of us. If we're not here next week, it's because you people didn't subscribe. <laughs> That's right. because you're not yeah. on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I'll see you all next week. See you.